It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. All righty, what's going on? Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, June 9th. And I appreciate you joining me. Welcome to the program. And I want to thank all of the patrons that help make the show possible. Folks like, for example, Bob and Jim and Robbie and Pamela, Daryl, Kim, Sarah and Barry. And uh, let's see here, Trent and Marlon and Easy. I appreciate all of the support. Couldn't do it without you. Um, So some news on the coronavirus. This is interesting. Um, And one of the things I keep trying to... Uh, reiterate to folks as we move through these uncertain times. Like, nobody knew anything about this virus when it started, and people uh, have to give folks space to um, re-examine and reassess and chart a new course when the science and data and facts, oh my, support it, right? Uh, I am not... if, If the governor were to come out today and say, hey... We learned some stuff. We're going to totally shift everything that we're doing right now because of all of this stuff. I would not beat him up. Well, I mean, it would depend on, you know, it would depend on what the course correction was. But uh, if if it seemed legit, like they were really doing this for, you know, not political purposes, but based on the science and data and facts, oh my, I would not beat the governor up over it because uh, everybody is, as, you know, Congressman Dr. Greg Murphy called it, we're building the plane while we're flying it. And uh, people are learning things, we are all learning things, and we have to reassess. <clears throat> and so, there's been some developments <laughs> uh, on uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, some two uh, two pieces of information I want to give to you. And uh, this was actually brought up in the press conference yesterday. The governor uh, uh, does a daily briefing. Uh, well, I should say his Health and, Human, uh, Health and Human Services Secretary, Dr. Mandy Cohen, she does this daily briefing, and then Governor Roy Cooper drops in like every other day or so, like two, three times a week. And so th- a couple of these things came up during that press conference, and I've got the audio clips. But uh, there's a lot of uh, different um, things to get to today regarding coronavirus and the riots and the police. Oh, did you hear what Charlotte did? Charlotte City Council said no more uh, munitions chemical munitions they uh, they told it's unbelievable <clears throat> a nine to two vote completely party line democrats nine votes to the republicans two uh they said get rid of all of your chemical munitions so pepper spray the tear gas the pepper balls like any of those types of crowd dispersal methods all of that if it's an if, if it's some sort of a chemical munition get rid of it and they cut the budget they zeroed out the budget for all of that yeah which uh, yeah so we're going to find out what happens i guess when the next protests erupt and police don't have any uh you know less injurious mechanisms to disperse the crowds besides what's left i guess uh batons riot shields dogs Maybe water cannons or something like you're going to get the fire department to turn hoses on people. Is that where this is going? Like there's a reason why they adopted the 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 methods that they adopted, the tear gas. There's a reason why they did that. It's because it's non-lethal. It's less injurious. There's a there's a lower likelihood that you're going to severely maim people with these things versus trying to break up crowds with batons so now you're gonna and maybe that's the point here maybe they want the imagery of police knocking skulls right they want their 1968 democratic convention imagery maybe that's the point here it's so stupid that yeah only only a bunch of elected officials could conjure up the idea and actually get it passed so that's going to happen we'll see if other cities follow suit the Asheville city council they've got a meeting tonight uh and they're going to vote to create a task force to tear down the vance monument uh in the center part of uh downtown Asheville, the obelisk it looks like the washington monument so uh that's going to probably come down um yeah, zero uh, 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 alert ahead of time on that. Just saw the uh, the agenda today. Uh, so yeah, so just very little public notice on any of that. They just, uh, but again, Democrats they run the st- uh, the 
the city, they run the county, and so they've got the votes to do it, and so I have you know, no doubt that that's going to happen. By the way, speaking of zeros, zero down, zero percent APR for up to 24 months and zero payments for 90 days. What am I talking about? I'm only talking about the best night's sleep that you're going to get. But Pete, that doesn't make any sense. You just said zero, zero, zero. Well, that's the zero, zero, zero deal from Mattress Man. That's why I'm talking about it. Because Mattress Man is offering right now zero down, zero percent APR financing for up to 24 months and zero payments for for 90 days, for three months. So the first three of your 24 months of the zero APR, you don't even have to make payments. Talk about a deal, right? Um, and you don't even need any money down. And they've got a 120-day comfort guarantee, as always, five-star delivery service. Um, and uh, they have four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. All of their inventory is listed online at mattressmanstores.com. So if you're looking for a mattress... And maybe being, you know, isolated, staying at home, safer at home uh, during all of the pandemic has uh, really reinforced the need to have a good mattress because you spent a lot of time on, uh, on the mattress. Well, Mattress Man's got you covered. They've got the best mattresses. They've got the Biltmore collection from Restonic. They're the only ones you're going to find that have this. They're out of Fayetteville, and uh, the Restonic line is made out of Fayetteville. And uh, these are the beds that the Biltmore hotels use. That's how awesome these mattresses are um if christy and i replace our memory foam mattress which we got at mattress man about seven eight years ago or so um when it comes time to replace that i'm thinking the biltmore collection might be (laughs) might be what we go to um i'll have to take a look and you can too you can you know give them a test ride lay down on them and all of that they uh they've got all of the safety protocols in place single use pillowcases they wipe down disinfect everything after people come through uh so they are following the safety protocols for you and for their staff uh so go and check them out at any of their four locations or go to their website, mattressmanstores.com. Experience the difference, buy local, and sleep better at Mattress Man. So two things. The coronavirus might actually have been spreading in China as early as last August. Last August. Don't know for sure, but uh, this is according to the Harvard Medical School Research Uh, that was based on satellite imagery of hospital travel patterns and search engine data. However, China is calling this report, quote, ridiculous. The research used satellite imagery of hospital parking lots in Wuhan, where the disease was first identified in late 2019. Makes sense, right? Oh, look at all the cars that are, you know, all piled up at the uh, at the hospital in Wuhan. Why is that? Why are so many people in the parking lots all of a sudden in August? Um, also, then they used symptom-related uh, search inquiries, right? And so people who are use are going to I don't know what the what's the Chinese version of Google. I don't know. Right, um, Chicom, right? I don't know. Like they go to this thing and they say. Uh, I have these symptoms, and so they type them in. And what Harvard uh, Medical School did was they went and looked at these search engine results and looked what people were searching for, and they found a lot of people right about the same time that all of the cars are piled up in the parking lots of the hospitals in Wuhan. They're also seeing lots of research, lots of queries for cough and diarrhea, which I wasn't aware that was one of the symptoms. Now I'm thinking back like, okay, have I had any kind of symptoms like this since August? And I I may have at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Like I joked earlier a couple months ago, like, oh, man, I think I may have COVID because I started, you know, coughing. But is it, is it allergies? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Is it food poisoning? Do I just have an upset stomach for something I ate? Or was it, was it COVID-19? Oh, my gosh. So China... Their foreign ministry, the spokeswoman Hua Chunying, asked about the research at a daily press briefing on Tuesday and dismissed the findings and, quote, I think it is ridiculous, incredibly ridiculous, to come up with this conclusion based on superficial observations such as traffic volume. I don't understand this play by China. I don't. I don't understand this play because it seems to me that if this is true, that if the outbreak was going on since August and you just didn't know about it, because you didn't create it in a lab or because you didn't experiment on it 
uh, or with it in a lab that then, you know, broke containment and infected the population that you unleash this on the world. Like, if it was just a naturally occurring virus that somehow took hold in Wuhan, this would be the way to get you off the hook, it seems to me. But they went and dismissed it. They called it ridiculous. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, communists. Um, what else? Oh, here's the other one. Asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is, quote, very rare, says the World Health Organization, which we can totally believe them. Um, but also the World Health Organization says we should continue to keep wearing masks. I don't understand that. Why do I have to keep wearing a mask if it's really rare that people are spreading it when they're asymptomatic? Because the whole point of wearing a mask is that you don't know if you have it, right? So wear the mask because you're asymptomatic. Yeah. Uh, government responses should focus on detecting and isolating infected people with symptoms, says the WHO, which, of course, it should. This is what those two doctors from... Where were they from? California, I want to say. And they put the YouTube video up. They did a press conference. They did a YouTube video. And the YouTube uh, uh, video kept getting taken down by YouTube, which is owned by Google. All right, They kept taking it down saying, oh, you're spreading lies about COVID-19. Remember, these are the two. Anyway, so they, it's one of the things that they said. Like, societies, historically, you quarantine the sick. You don't quarantine the well. Right? You keep people who are sick away from... Uh, the, the larger population that is well. That's the way you do a quarantine. You don't lock everybody down. So this is now what the World Health Organization is saying. Hey, everybody, maybe let's just take let's just take the infected people. Let's target those folks as a population and treat them and and um, uh, isolate them. Preliminary evidence from the earliest outbreaks indicated that the virus could spread even if people didn't have symptoms. But the WHO says that while asymptomatic people can spread the virus, it is, quote, very rare. Coronavirus patients without symptoms are not driving the spread of the virus. World Health Organization officials said Monday, casting doubts on concerns by some researchers that the disease could be difficult to contain due to asymptomatic infections. And I got to tell you, folks, I don't know who to believe here. And I mean that by like, I don't know whom to believe. Not like, I don't know who to believe. Like, I'm not, I cannot advise on this. I have no idea because the who has so messed the bed when it comes to their credibility on this topic, uh, on, on COVID-19. Well, on a lot of stuff, but, uh, like I, I can't trust this. I have no idea. What are you, are you, are you telling me this because it somehow benefits China? Are you telling me this for, for some ulterior reason? I don't know. And I, I, all I can do is tell you, this is what the WHO says. Now the WHO says that it's uh, asymptomatic spread. While it can occur, it is very rare. How rare? Don't know. They don't say. Some people, particularly, by the way, I'm reading from CNBC, and as always, all of the links to the articles that I quote from, they are all at the Pete page uh, via the Patreon account. Um, so you can go to, the, you can find all of the links in the podcast description, obviously, but also at thepetecalendarshow.com. So some people, according to CNBC, particularly young and otherwise healthy individuals who are infected by the coronavirus never develop symptoms or only develop mild symptoms. Others might not develop symptoms until days after they were actually infected. Preliminary evidence from the earliest outbreaks indicated that the virus could spread from person-to-person -person contact, even if the carrier didn't have any symptoms. But now the WHO says that while asymptomatic spread can occur, it's not the main way it's being transmitted. There's a woman named Dr. Maria von Kirchhoff, she is the head of the WHO's Emerging Diseases and Zoonosis Unit. The WHO Zoonosis Unit. Which I think would be pretty cool to have on a business card. Anyway, uh, she says that the government responses should focus on detecting and isolating infected people with symptoms and tracking anybody who might have come into contact with them. Which, that becomes a little bit more problematic if you attended any of the massive gatherings that occurred over the last week. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling kind of sick. Oh, yeah, well, you got the COVID-19. We need to do some contact tracing on you. Where uh, where have you been over the last week? Maybe tell us who you've come in contact with. Well, uh, basically the entire town of Asheville. 
That's who I came in contact with. Yeah, about uh, 7,000 people downtown Charlotte. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll get right on that contact tracing. I don't know how they're going to do this, by the way. I have no idea how you're going to be able to do this. Anybody who attended these protests completely blew up. I mean, really, like completely screwed up the whole contact tracing effort. Because now, I mean, the whole point of the contact tracing was everybody's self-isolating. We've all been on lockdown for three freaking months and not going out, only going to the grocery store, only doing essential things and complaining that, oh, my gosh, I'm facing economic and financial ruin. It's going to put me into poverty and that's going to cut down on my lifespan uh, and it's going to uh, to harm my, you know, my mental state and maybe increase suicides. Like in all of those arguments, the whole thing was like, OK, we all need to do this to flatten the curve and then we launched the contact tracing and now we can find out where it's spread and how it's spread and we can isolate the people who got it. Now, all of that is garbage and it all goes out the window. Thank you, protesters. This has nothing to do with the, uh, the nature or the reason behind the protests. I'm simply pointing out that contact tracing is basically screwed now because of those protests. So, uh, yeah. So all of the folks who were accused of wanting to kill grandma because they wanted to reopen their gym, which still aren't reopened in North Carolina, the gyms and bars. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, they were accused of wanting to kill people. But the tens of thousands of people who took to the streets and basically blew up the entire contact tracing effort. See, your cause was virtuous in the eyes of those who make these decisions. And COVID knows that your mass gathering was virtuous. So it will not smite thee. I think that's how this religion works now. Okay, more research and data are needed to truly answer the question of whether the virus can spread widely through asymptomatic carriers, she said. Um, there is a potential for pre-symptomatic transmission, and so they are still recommending social distancing. Which, by the way, just... I know I didn't get a lot of traction with the whole Shio abbreviation acronym you know i tried uh it didn't really take but i have another idea and i I'm, i know i'm late to this but it just came to me and i cannot i cannot determine you know when the creative thunderbolt from the muse hits me and it hit me yesterday why do we call it social distancing we should be calling it social spacing social spacing doesn't that sound better and the spacing really is like that's that's more it's more accurate The social distancing. First off, it doesn't even sound like a real word, does it? Distancing. It doesn't sound like it's like efforting. It's crap. It's like a made up word that people use to make themselves sound smarter in board meetings. So I don't like it. Social spacing. I think we need to go to social spacing. Plus, it's alliterative and everybody loves alliterations. Anyway, what we really wanted to be focused on is following the symptomatic cases, she says. If uh, we actually followed all the symptomatic cases, isolated those cases, followed the contacts, and quarantined those contacts, we would drastically reduce the outbreak. Once again, all of this, uh, I think, is uh, pretty well blown up, though, because of the uh, protests. Now, uh Dr. Mandy Cohen, our Department of Health and Human Services secretary in the Governor Cooper administration, was asked about this very thing, that the WHO said it's rare that asymptomatic people uh, are spreading the virus. And uh, she was asked about this very development at yesterday. And by the way, the WHO press conference occurred uh, yesterday, and then the, uh, the governor's press conference occurred, uh, and Mandy Cohen was asked about it. Thanks for that question, and I'll review the WHO guidance, which I have not seen. What I did review last night oh was a meta-analysis of many studies looking at the viral spread, and what that study showed was up to 49% of cases had asymptomatic spread. Now, some of that might be that they just haven't shown symptoms yet, so they might be pre-symptomatic, but it was basically sh sharing that people can have this virus and they can 
infect other people when they don't show any symptoms. And that's what is so hard about COVID-19. And it is why the governor and I and others continue to say we need to wear face coverings because it is so often that people can have COVID-19 and not know it and then infect a lot of folks. And particularly as we think about mass gatherings, we are we are reading more and understanding more research about super spreaders. So there can be one person who may have no symptoms who can spread this virus to many, many people that might be together in one place, like at a speedway, as the governor was referring to in the last question. And then we can have lots of folks who have then been exposed, get get COVID-19, and then spread it further within the community. So it's very concerning. Mm, Very concerning. So did you hear what she said, though, about the, the WHO stuff? She says she hasn't she hasn't seen the guidelines from the WHO, but she was looking at some metadata uh, last night, and what it said to her was up to 49% of the cases had asymptomatic spread, which is the exact opposite. That is the exact opposite of what the WHO just said, <laughs> right? The WHO said that asymptomatic spread is very rare, and now you're telling me 49% of all cases had asymptomatic spread? Which is it? Because 49% is not rare at all. It's almost half, I think. Let me see. Yeah, it's almost half. Good grief. I swear, like, just just a modicum of competence here. All right. But I know there's no follow-up questions allowed at the governor's press conferences, so we didn't, uh, we didn't get any of that. Uh, what is the Speedway reference there? Ace Speedway in Alamance County. Ace Speedway. They held a race a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they were like, screw you, Governor. We're going to do these races. You can't stop us. And uh, they did it again. (laughs) They did another race. Uh, Alamance County, the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Okay. It went on as planned as uh, at Ace Speedway on Saturday night, despite the governor's ban on outdoor gatherings. This is the thing. You have no credibility any longer to tell people they can't mass gather. Does this mean I'm going to go run out and create a mass gathering or attend mass gatherings? No, I am not. You know why? Because I'm assessing my personal risk. I'm going to not go to those types of events because I'm not going to risk contracting and spreading coronavirus. I don't want to be responsible if I get somebody sick. I don't want to be responsible in killing somebody, in killing grandma. Now, because that's what I have understood the risks to be. Now, if the WHO information is correct and asymptomatic spread basically doesn't happen, well, then I'm going to make some reassessments of the risk. But right now, as I sit here this morning, I cannot tell you whether or not it occurs because I'm getting conflicting information from all of these health officials. First, they tell me stay home. Then they say it's okay to go protest as long as it's for a virtuous cause and racism is more important than COVID-19. Although racism, I'm not sure, has racism killed 110,000 people this year in the last four months? Has that occurred? I'm not saying it's not worth the protesting. I'm not saying it's not a worthy cause to fight against. I'm just pointing out that there are over 100,000 deaths right now to COVID-19, right? And so if I have to weigh them as... Uh, as legitimate threats right now, immediate legitimate threats, I'm thinking it's COVID-19. And that's what the health people told us. That's what they've been telling us. That's what the governor's been telling us. That's the science and data and facts. Oh my. Science and data and facts. Oh my. And yet then he goes out and strolls around uh, the governor's grounds without a mask, marching with the marchers. It was brief, but he marched. Although the WRAL reporter, Travis Fain, was defending his, he really wasn't marching, per se. It was just like a 200-yard walk. He just kind of walked out, walked around the corner, and then walked back onto the ground. So it's not really marching when he was marching with all of the marchers. That's just, he was walking with the marching marchers, not really marching himself. Very clear. Thank you, Travis. So he doesn't have any credibility any longer. Does not have the credibility to tell me uh, how uh, I should limit my actions uh, or my uh, mobility. And that's what these racetrack folks uh these operators are saying as well but it's interesting they've set up a pretty nifty kind of excuse for why they should be allowed to conduct this race i'll tell you why in two minutes 
Are you prepared for a disaster? Do you need some advice on how to be prepared for one? Are you looking for military surplus that's real? Well, for more than three decades, the answer has been Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. It is an old-school traditional store. It's got a mix of modern and vintage items. See my friend Tim. He's going to hook you up. He gets new stuff in all the time. It's American-made because it's real military surplus. Camo, shirts, hats, customized dog tags, gear, Old Grouch is on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. Also, this show is made possible by Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. Her phone number is 333-4483. Her website is mountainhomehunt.com. I have had good realtors. I've had experience with not-so-good ones. Rowena and her team, they're good ones. They're great ones, actually. They outsell 99% of the real estate agents in the entire state. Okay, call the only agent that I would call if I'm looking for a house or if I'm looking to sell my house. Call Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. And finally, the show is also made possible by Schaefer Smith. Have you seen the logo of the Pete Callender Show? He did that. If you're trying to set up your website, maybe you need a logo, call my friend Schaefer Smith at Schaefer Smith Design. He can help you with logos, graphics, photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. He does this for professional services, corporations, small businesses, entrepreneurs. If you know now the importance of having a good functional website, Get in touch with Schaefer Smith. Make your site look professional, user-friendly for both your customers and you so you can uh, navigate it and fix it and adapt to whatever the market demands. SchaeferSmith.com. That's SchaeferSmith.com. All righty. So there's a racetrack in Alamance County called the Ace Speedway. And uh, they went ahead with their Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour this weekend, despite the governor's ban on outdoor gatherings, WXII NBC 12 News says, quote, Governor Roy Cooper's executive order on phase two of reopening limits public gatherings to 25 people uh, at places like stadiums and racetracks. Now, if you are burning and rioting in a city, that's totally fine. You can go past the 25 cap. All right. A sign outside the racetrack though, said, <laughs> quote, this event is held in peaceful protest of injustice and inequality everywhere. <laughs> Protests are not restricted under the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, and the governor's executive order had to create a specific carve-out exemption-type language to let people know that First Amendment uh, rights to express yourself and seek redress from government, like, you have to allow for that, he has to allow for that, because he got sued by the Reopen NC folks, right? Reopen NC went down there, then they got themselves arrested in Raleigh for protesting the governor's stay-at-home orders. They got arrested. Uh, then there were lawsuits, and the governor uh, lost. Federal judge said that the uh, the uh, Constitution, the First Amendment, doesn't have a uh, pandemic exemption, right? And so he had to he had to allow for First Amendment expression, which then, of course, you know, fast forward two weeks, and now we've got thousands of people marching in the streets against racism, and the governor joins them and pulls his mask off and walks around waving at everybody, hey, 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 he's tightly surrounded by a security detail, uh, no social spacing going on right there. Notice, see, I just said social spacing, not distancing, just work it in. If you just work that in, it just becomes, okay. So uh, this actually is kind of brilliant by these uh, uh, racetrack operators this event because here's what the language is this event is held in peaceful protest of injustice and inequality everywhere so theirs is what he's saying what they're saying is that this is a protest that holding this event is a protest so what does the governor think about all of this well he was asked about it at yesterday's press briefing people shouldn't run a money-making operation that puts in danger not only their customers but anybody who would come into contact with their customers. All right, so it sounds like his beef here is that the racetrack is making money. <laughs> right? That's the that's the problem. He's making money that the racetrack operators are charging an admission fee for their outdoor I mean it's a racetrack. It's as far as I understand it's not an indoor racetrack. It might be, but I think it's an outdoor racetrack. Um and so they're charging admission. And so this is the beef. 
this is the problem that you're endangering people and and making some money off of it versus just endangering people for free at the protest marches. <laughs> That's the line that was crossed in the governor's mind. He's he, hang on. He continues here. This is a, a reckless decision. Yeah. Uh, more being scolding made by the owners. More scolding. See, reckless decision. Uh, dangerous, reckless. This is the way he describes the reopen NC people. It's the way he describes the business owners that uh, try to reopen and and, uh, and then get arrested and, and shut down. This is the way he describes this racetrack operator. He does not describe any of the protest marchers this way. He does not describe any of the rioters this way. Right? Think about that. This governor couldn't even call rioting and looting dangerous. Couldn't even say that. Couldn't even say that. Pulling people together in that way that can cause spread of the virus. Alamance County is one of the counties that is having higher numbers than it should have. And uh, we look forward to taking some action on this uh, in the coming week. Uh, it's concerning that Alamance officials have not been able to stop this. We would hope that they could. But if they can't, then the state will have to take action. No, oh, so he's looking which we forward will do this week if the local officials don't. Yeah, so he's looking forward to taking action against this racetrack operator. It sounds like he's going to send in state troopers, doesn't it? Sounds like it. Um, it sounds like Governor Cooper is kind of ticked off that some people are in violation of his order. I should say, the wrong people are in violation of his order. Here's a story out of Roanoke Rapids. Police cited four, at least four, Roanoke Rapids gyms for reopening during the pandemic. Uh, the big headline here is that Roanoke Rapids actually has four different gyms. That's the... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tammy, <laughs> I've never even been to Roanoke Rapids. I just saw the opening and I took it. Okay. Tammy Crowley Deloach. She says that she reopened her gym called New Day Fitness a few weeks ago. She installed plexiglass barriers, sanitizer stations. She now requires temperature checks on all the members. Quote, we've done everything we can to protect our clients from passing the virus. Gyms are not allowed to reopen, however, under Governor Roy Cooper's executive order. This would be three months without income, she says. I've been in business for 38 years, and I started out with nothing, and I built this business from scratch. She said Roanoke Rapids Police Chief Bobby Martin notified her that she was being charged with a second-degree misdemeanor and gave her a $500 fine. She said, listen to this, quote, He got a call from Raleigh from the governor's office and had some pressure put on him. Okay. Maybe somebody could ask the governor about that at his next press briefing. Maybe somebody could ask, hey, this is now the second or third instance that at least I'm aware of, second or third instance where business owners have essentially been ratted out by somebody to the governor's office and someone from the governor's office has then instructed law enforcement to go after the business, right? This is because there was another was like a hair salon owner or a barber or something uh, as well. So this is the second or third one that I am aware of. So is that what's happening here? Is the governor actually sending people out to shut down these businesses? They're, the governor's office is calling local law enforcement and saying, you need to go after this business because we got a tip that they were opening or that they've been open. And notice, you notice what's not included in any of this. Any kind of an assessment of whether or not what the gym owner did actually complies with the science and data and facts to limit the spread, right? For an administration that wants so badly to get the benefit of the doubt that they are using science and data and facts, and they keep telling us over and over and over and over and over and over again that that's what they're doing, just beating it into us with a marketing message that this is what they're using, this is what they're relying on to make these decisions. Well, this gym owner seems like she's done above and beyond what needed to be done in order to keep people safe. How many people do you think are getting the, the virus from this woman's gym versus, oh, I don't know, any of the protest marches that occurred over the last week? See what I mean? You have no credibility anymore. The spread, like, the spread that's going to occur from those marches 
it's it's going to dwarf anything at any of these businesses. You have no more legitimate argument any longer. You don't. The, I mean, you can't allow tens of thousands of people across the state, hundreds of thousands, millions maybe across the country, to engage in the very behavior you said would be the super spreading events. You said that, and now they did it, and now you're still targeting the little business owners? Because what, they may infect 10 people out of their gym? Meanwhile, you let thousands march through the streets, screaming and singing and chanting and rubbing up on each other? Give me a break, guys. Just come on. So the General Assembly, Republican-led General Assembly, they have, and I've got it here, um, do, 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 that the Senate is voting today on an updated bill to reopen the gyms and to treat bars and restaurants equally. The updated measure will provide Governor Cooper with flexibility to reclose those businesses. Uh, this was the reason that uh, Cooper and his fellow Democrats in the General Assembly uh that's the reason they said they were opposed to the original bill, right? They said, the way you guys wrote this means that if something happens and, oh my gosh, the pandemic gets really worse, we can't go back and reclose these things because of the way you wrote the bill. So Senator Rick Gunn says, okay, I'll fix that in the language of the bill. Let me fix it. And now I've addressed your concern, amended the original bill. Let's run that. Every state that borders North Carolina, by the way, has already opened gyms, bars, and restaurants. So, um, Governor Cooper on Friday vetoed the original bill. The Republicans probably do not have the votes to get over that veto. Um, and when uh, and when the Republicans passed this law originally, they said, you got to treat restaurants and bars equally. Now, I do find it interesting that the, the breweries are allowed to open, but the bars are not. And... Uh, I do wonder sometimes if that was due to like an idea that, like liberals like to drink in breweries and more more so than bars. Is that the reason why? And and they like oh the you know all those frat bro conservatives they're all in the bars, but we like our breweries, so those can open just fine. Like think about that for a second. Why are breweries allowed to open, but bars are not? Why can I go into a a, a restaurant that has a bar area, sit in the bar area, order drinks, don't get food? And I'm allowed to do that, but I'm not allowed to go to a bar that doesn't serve food. I'm doing the exact same thing, right? The behavior is the same. This is what I mean. This is, it's, it's sort of like the old Israeli um, official, security official guy I heard after 9-11. He said, you Americans look for the bomb. We look for the bomber. It's the same sort of approach. They're looking, the North Carolina you know, state government, they're looking at the business rather than looking at the behavior. Look at the person. Look at what they're doing. What is the activity? Does the activity itself require a different standard? And you can't make a case that restaurants somehow uh, 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 serving alcohol in an area that is their bar, uh, that that is somehow different behavior than a bar, right? It's, it's just not. So Cooper vetoes the original, and this would have allowed restaurants and bars equally to open and to have the bars operate uh, outdoors, right? To say if you got some space outside, you can do some social spacing outside. Um, and they say this step was supported by science, which shows that the risk of viral transmission is greatly diminished outdoors and has been embraced by dozens of other states. Democrats and the governor opposed the bill because they complained that the governor would not have the flexibility to close down bars if there was a spike in cases. And... Governor Cooper explained his opposition by saying that if there's a surge in cases, quote, the authority of the executive branch is taken away uh, to be able to close those things again. So Rick Gunn changes his bill uh, to address these concerns. The updated bill makes it explicit that the governor may reclose the businesses provided that he obtains concurrence from the Council of State. Oh, my God. So this is not going anywhere now, right? This is the reason that the Democrats will cite to oppose it. Now, you can say the Republicans are, you know, pulling a fast one. They're setting a trap for for Governor Cooper on this. And maybe they are. Maybe they are um, to, to demand that he get council of state approval. The council of state, by the way, are, these are the other statewide elected positions. Lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, treasurer, insurance commissioner, labor commissioner, right? All of ag commissioner, all of those uh, positions that we elect statewide, they make up the Council of State. Now, the Council of State, most of those seats are held by 
Republicans. And that's why Cooper doesn't want to go through the Council of State in order to do anything that he wants to do. He does not want Republicans to get involved at all in any of his handling of the pandemic response. It's all on him. In fact, it's so much so that uh, when he initially shut down all of the bars and restaurants, he sought concurrence from the Council of State via email, gave him like, I don't know, 40 minutes or something to respond. And then he went ahead and did it anyway, even though he didn't get support and approval from a majority of the Council of State. They opposed his shutdown of the restaurants. And he didn't care. He went ahead with it anyway. He said, I don't need your approval. Well, then why'd you ask for it? So Rick Gunn has this proposal. Okay. Governor Cooper is asked about this new proposal. Here's what he says. Well, I'd rather open schools than bars. Ooh, check out that well-crafted slogan from his press shop. (laughs) It's another one of these. I swear, like, I have these images of his comms team, like all, like, 47,000 of them that are all huddled in a big uh, Zoom conference, and they're all like, oh, this is what they're going to say. So how do we say no to this, but also give them a zinger? Got to get a zinger in there. And this is the zinger. This is, here's what happened. He brought out all of the school people. He brought out like superintendent for public instruction, Mark Johnson, a Republican, brought him out, brought out Eric Davis, the school board chairman, whatever, and um, brought them out to talk about how they, they've put together a plan for how to reopen schools in August. That they're, they're putting together this plan right now and uh, they're getting ready to release it, which is always funny to me. Like you call this news conference to say that you've done this plan. We can't see the plan as the reporters, so we can't ask you any questions. So all we're going to get to do is quote your statement about how great the plan is in our stories because we don't have access to the actual plan. The management of the press by this administration, like it's embarrassingly obvious. It's embarrassingly transparent what they're doing to the reporters here. But the reporters don't seem to care. I don't know why. They don't seem to care, though. They're not making a big stink about uh, about how they're being uh, stage managed like this. It's uh, as part, they've just become props in this PR campaign that the governor's uh, comms team is using. So here's the latest. Uh, governor uh, uh, Cooper says uh, he'd rather open schools than bars because in, see what he's what he's trying to line up here is this argument that he has to keep everything closed and reopen as slowly as he's doing because he's relying on science data and facts. Oh my! And in order to get the schools open on the schedule that everybody wants them to be opened on, he has to keep everything closed to make sure that the spread doesn't get out of hand, which, by the way, they led the press conference off by saying North Carolina is seeing a huge increase in the number of cases and hospitalizations. It's all on the uptick. All of the... All of the measurements that they said they were looking at and would decide whether things would open or close based on, they're all going up. All of the numbers are going up, which, by the way, was expected because you keep, you know, you keep increasing the testing. But also when you open this, the society back up from being locked down, people are moving around. And yes, you're going to have more spread. That was always going to be the case, by the way, always. This idea that somehow or another we were going to cure COVID-19 by huddling in our apartments for three months or six months, that was fantasy. I don't know who, uh, who, who sold that line to a great many people, but it was never going to be the case. So now we're being more mobile, things are opening up, and yes, more people are now getting the virus. It's spreading. And, oh, by the way, in case you weren't aware, there were mass demonstrations last week. So, yeah, all of this is going to get blown up. It's all going to get blown up or it doesn't, by the way, like that's the other option, right? What if there is not a spike? Hmm. Ooh, that's now going to be awkward. What if there's not a huge increase? You were telling everybody that there was going to be this massive increase in cases if everybody was moving around. And now you're citing the uptick in the cases as proof that you were right about that. Meanwhile, you were telling everybody no problem on the mass gatherings. Now, what if we don't see spikes from that? Were those mass gatherings somehow not super spreading events? See what I mean? One thing after another, it's all conflicting information. 
And there's never any reset. There's never any, they never go back and say, okay, remember how we were saying all of this before? Okay, well, it turns out that may not have been the most accurate information. We are now reassessing. This is the new approach. This is our new idea. This is our new assessment of the risk or whatever. They never go back and, and, and correct the record from their earlier predictions and advice. No, instead we get these false choices that the governor is offering. Open schools or open bars. Like, what a dishonest hack, right? What a dishonest hack. Schools or bars, those are my choices. I can only open one or the other. Okay, how about this? Okay, I'm going to spitball this. How about we open bars? I vote bars. I'm going to vote we open the bars. And then we can send the kids uh, to the bars for their schooling. How about that? <laughs> I'm just trying to find solutions here. What uh, I mean, what a hack. A false choice. This is, a, this is an illogical, uh, illegitimate form of argument. Because those are not the only choices. Those are not the only choices available to us. Talk to restaurants. By the way, friends and I, we went to a, uh, uh, a, a an establishment, I shall say, a brewery or cidery or whatever they're called. Um, and we went to one of these things. And uh, this is like the first time we had been out. But they're young and they didn't seem sick. So I thought it was okay. Anyway, we go to this thing. And it's all social spacing and everything else. And I go up to the bar and I get a, 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 a beer and... I, you know, I ask, how is business going? And the guy starts saying, oh, I'd rather be home on unemployment. I make more there than I do here working for, you know, half the hours and half the uh, the customers. Like, first off, I don't know if you should be telling customers that, but maybe it was a way to try to get me to tip more money, in which case then mission accomplished. I gave them twice as much as I would have. Anyway, um, th- but this is the this is the dilemma that these businesses are put in. Like, do you try to open and force your employees to come back? And now they have to give up essentially more money that they would make on unemployment in order to work at a half full restaurant or brewery, right? So see what I mean? Like opening restaurants or opening schools. How come that wasn't the choice? How come Governor Cooper didn't frame his decision to open restaurants as one of restaurants versus schools? This is the same thing as, you know, lives versus the economy, lives versus money. The same False choice arguments that only idiots and ideologues use, our governor is using now when it comes to bars. Like, what does this guy have against bars and gyms? Seriously. Like, I'm starting to think this is some sort of a personal vendetta. Like, did he get kicked out of bars? Did he, uh, I don't know, was he embarrassed at some gyms or something? Like, is there some sort of a uh, past event that left him emotionally scarred on this? I don't know. Like, I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to figure out why it seems like he's got it in for these bars and gyms. <laughs> I don't get it. So uh, let me start this over again. He's asked once again about uh, Senator Gunn's proposal that would allow for the reopening of bars and gyms and giving him the uh, the parachute, right? The option to, to, to go back and say, no, 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 can't do this. We are seeing a spike in cases, so lock it all back down again. Um, so that's now being put into the legislation. Do you support that now? And here again says his false choice. Well, I'd rather open schools than bars. And we need to keep our focus on doing things to get our numbers in such a position that we can open schools. When we saw things start getting better uh, back in March is when we closed schools and things started slowing down and we started doing much better with the virus. Okay, so he's chalking up the improvement in the spread. He's chalking that up to the closure of the schools, which, by the way, research out of other countries shows virtually zero risk of spread in schools. Do you know that? (laughs) So... But see, the science works differently in North Carolina. This is what I have learned over the last three or four months. Science and data and facts are different in North Carolina. It's why we've come to different conclusions than every other state in America, virtually. Really. So that we know that when we open schools, that people are going to start moving more and being together more, and we have a chance to draw out, drive our numbers up. We're still considering... Uh, a phase 2.5 and are looking at the potential of, of providing more opening for more businesses. 
I think legislation is the wrong way to do it <laughs> because it makes it more difficult to make the decision to go backward. It makes it more difficult for local governments to be able to make decisions there. So we have concerns about that legislation. We look forward to continuing to talk to the health experts and everybody in those industries so that when we do get to a point where we can do more uh, helping the economy by bus allowing businesses to do more things, then uh, we can make sure that we're doing it in the way that will be optimal to them and to the safety of their customers. I love how he positions himself as the only one in the room that cares about human life. <laughs> like, I care about human beings. I choose the schools over the businesses, uh, not or sorry, the bars. Uh, meanwhile, I am looking at 2.5, reopen phase 2.5, where we would allow some bars to kind of reopen. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. It sounds like then you're choosing bars over schools, doesn't it? How do you, on the one hand, frame it as schools versus bars, and then in the next breath, you're like, ah, but I am considering ways to reopen the bars. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. You just said it's a choice of schools or bars. Or maybe it's not, right? Senator Gunn said they can add a fail-safe for the governor to go back in and make a different decision later on. Um, and uh, what does the governor think about that option? We're relying on health data <laughs> in order to make decisions about opening more businesses and creating more activity out there where people can move around. I know that the health experts are working with people who represent bars and people who represent gyms about the potential of allowing them uh, to do more, but we've got to keep our numbers in mind and we've got to make sure that we are being safe. And right now our numbers are not going in the right direction. And we want everybody to begin the process of doubling down on taking protections and making sure that they get tested so that we can isolate people and slow the spread of the virus. Yes, I'm willing to work with legislators on all of these issues. I have been in discussions with them. But when they pass legislation and put things into law, it slows the process down uh, for decisions that sometimes need to be made quickly. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll continue that conversation. But it's most important to protect the health and safety of North Carolinians while we try to make sure we boost our economy. And we're working on that delicate that balance. These decisions uh, can be very difficult. Uh, but we know that health and safety of the people of our state has to come first. Except if you're mass protesting. Okay, just again. Uh, so difficult decisions, got to keep a balance. Luckily, Roy Cooper is the one person in the state that knows how to do this. I mean, thank God. How lucky are we that he just happened to win election and he's the guy that knows best to make all of these calls? He doesn't need any input from the Council of State, right? And by the way, that's a that's a lie what he's going through right there. This This is... This is a false excuse. It's a lie. He's saying, oh, the legislation slows everything down when I might need to react quickly. And uh, that's just a lie because the Council of State can be asked, as he did the first time, he can send them emails, they can send their responses, and then he can do what he needs to do. But the other thing is, like, maybe you shouldn't be shutting down entire sectors of the economy like that. Maybe you should take a breath before you impose these kinds of rules. By the way, He's advising everybody who protested. They want everybody now to go out and get tested. Michael Hyland from CBS 17 asked him if he had been tested after he walked slash marched. He did not answer the question. His press team said hours later, he's going to get a test today. This guy's been walking around for almost a week now after exposing himself, and he's telling us about asymptomatic spread, and you haven't even gotten a test? What the hell? That's a wrap for this episode. Please remember, subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much for your support. Talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.